0: Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Investing from A to Z podcast. I'm your host, Steph Bodrini. This podcast is for everyone who wants to learn about commercial property investing and be part of our real estate family. We get the best people in the industry to give you straightforward and practical advice that you can actually use in your investing. In today's episode, we are talking about what is a title report, what is a title commitment, what is a survey, what are some things that you need to watch out for in the title report slash commitment and the survey. We are breaking this interview down into two parts because there's just so much information that is going to be valuable to you. We are interviewing a really good friend of mine. Her name is Mindy McLean. She is a Texas attorney, and she is the co-owner of a law firm and also a real estate investment company. She represents investors, developers, lenders, and real estate projects uh, throughout Texas and a few other states. And she is just a super humble person, which I love, and very detail-oriented, which is what you need in an attorney. And I'm sure you're going to learn a lot from this interview. Here we go. Mindy, thank you so much for joining us today. I had to really twist your arm for you to say yes, so I'm very grateful that you're sharing your vast amount of wisdom with us. Uh, First, why don't you tell us a little bit about you?
1: Thanks, Steph. I'm glad that you twisted my arm. This is actually my first podcast interview, so I'm glad that it's with you because I think we'll have fun. Yay! Well, I'm, yeah, I'm Mindy McLean. I am an attorney in Texas and I practice primarily in the areas of real estate and a little bit of business law and some estate planning, but real estate is what I really love to do. And I also do some investing locally here where I live in commercial and residential real estate. So that's kind of what I get excited about is working with other Investors, but I also represent some lenders um, some more institutional clients, if you will. But my my wheelhouse is really just investors and developers who are working on all kinds of real estate projects. And so I graduated from Texas A&M University and then went to Texas Tech School of Law. In Lubbock and I graduated in 2008 so I've been licensed in Texas since 2009.
0: Thank you and um, we met because you reviewed the title of some properties I purchased and you did an incredible job. You saw that one number was wrong in the entire title report compared to the survey <laughs> which uh, I would have never caught it but besides that, let's just set the tone a little bit in case someone doesn't really know what a title report is and a survey is. What is a title report and a survey and what does it do for you when you're purchasing a property?
1: Well, since I live in Texas and I'm licensed to practice law here and I invest here, I'll talk mostly about Texas, but I have reviewed title in lots of different states. I have one client in particular that I've done foreclosure work and selling commercial property in Florida and New York and Maryland and Ohio, just a long list. So I work with other attorneys in those states, but it's pretty similar across the board. Of course, every state has its own quirks. And so I would always recommend that you get someone who's licensed in your state So title work really means you're you're looking back in the records so that when you buy a piece of property, you know that you have good title to it, that you'll become the owner and you know exactly what is going to affect that property. And so there's I was mentioning to you earlier that there's lots of different things you can order from a title company, a title insurance company. Some people will call it a title report. Some people will call it a title run. Most often what you want from them is what's called a title commitment. A title report is usually just a short one or two page document. It says title vested in this person or entity. Here's the legal description and there might be a lien against it. It's not as in depth as you might want. So a title commitment will do that for you. And a title run, some people will call that a run or a run sheet. It might just be a printout that has a bunch of references to documents that are recorded, but it doesn't really explain what those are. So a title commitment is the most sort of comprehensive title instrument that you might want if you're going to look at buying a property and most contracts are going to reference a title commitment. And what that is, is the title insurance company that you choose will take your contract and they'll open title on it, and they'll look at um, who who the owner is, uh, what sort of easements, encumbrances, liens, um, problems are out there, and what needs to be done or fixed before closing, so that when you close, if you're the buyer, when you close, you have good title to the property. And when that commitment then closes, it becomes what's known as title insurance and I mean that's obviously if you pay the premium for that but that'll be an insurance policy that you have as long as you own the property so if something came up after closing and someone said I actually own this property or um an old lien that you didn't know about cropped up or something like that you could make a claim on your insurance policy um surveys They usually go hand in hand with the title commitment, but that's actually sending a licensed surveyor out to the property to look at what's on the ground. The title commitment doesn't do that. The title examiner does not visit your property and actually take a look at it. Um, They're just looking at records, whatever is publicly available. But the surveyor is actually going to go out and visit your property. He's going to measure whatever you ask him to, the boundaries or the improvements that are there or maybe you want to know what something's going to look like once it's constructed or something like that. So they're going to give you a survey, which is just kind of a drawing um, of your property and of your, how how much square footage is in your property or how many acres uh, are there any setbacks or easements and where are those actually located on the ground? So title commitment and a survey go really well together when you are purchasing your property to give you a good sense of what you're buying um, and what problems you might need to get fixed before you actually write a check and pay money and take over this property. That is a like really broad overview of title work and surveys, but that's that's basically the gist of it. Those are, to me, the two most important things besides your contract that you're going to want to spend some time on. Um, one issue that I sometimes see with clients is they sign a contract and they get a title commitment but they really don't spend any time looking at it they just think okay good it says that the person who signed my contract is the owner so we're good let's close let's get this deal done and they really don't dive into what's in the commitment and that's really where things happen and that's you really need to review that because every title commitment has what are called standard exceptions, just like on your car insurance policy or your property insurance. There's going to be certain things that are just not covered by this insurance. But then even more important to you, rather than the the standard exceptions that are in every policy, there might be some specific exceptions that are in yours. And so those are the documents you want to focus on. Those could be prior reservations where people have reserved minerals or wind energy or solar energy or they've put a restriction on your property that says you can't have a mobile home you can't use this for commercial property etc it could it could be lots of things there might be something in there about a lease that affects the property could be that there's a right of first refusal that someone else has to purchase the property or an option to purchase lots of different things. So that title commitment is super important. And as soon as you get it, you want to review it very carefully. In Texas, it's made up of really four parts and they're called schedules. Schedule A tells you who owns the property now and who's proposed to buy it. And if there's a lender, who's going to make the loan on the property. Schedule B, those are the standard. Printed exceptions that are in every policy. Um, And then they'll add to that any specific exceptions that are going to be part of your policy. So these are, we are not going to cover these particular things. So that's pretty important as Schedule B. Schedule C are the requirements. And that's the title company saying, in order for you to close this and for us to issue insurance on it, you have to meet these requirements. That might be, we need to see your entity documents if you're an LLC or a corporation or a partnership, or if one of the parties is married, we need the spouse to join in signing the deed. All of the, this has to be done before we can close, goes in Schedule C. That'll also tell you if there are any liens against the property that have to be paid off, et cetera. And then Schedule D is like a disclosure of... The title company and who owns it and what the premium is going to be when you buy the insurance so that's kind of title insurance in a one minute well i
0: don't know <laughs> that was pretty awesome thank you so much so given all of this and i i know you already mentioned a few things but what are some of the things that people should really watch out for in the title report and the survey
1: i spend most of my time once i get a title commitment back i spend most of my time reviewing that schedule b which it's not called schedule b in every state but those are the exceptions to the policy and then followed by schedule c or the um, requirements and so the, if I would say the first mistake that people make is getting the commitment and not even really reviewing it or never getting past that first Schedule A. And the second thing that they do is they review Schedule B, but they don't really dig into what it says. So it's going to say these, these are things that are excluded from your policy. It's not going to give you um, a whole summary and analysis of what those things are. It's just going to say, This document recorded at volume one, page two on November 2nd, 1980 is excluded from your policy. And if you don't ask, what is that document recorded at volume one, page two, November 2nd, 1980, you'll never know what that document said. There could be something that might say an easement recorded or a lease recorded or a deed recorded. But you'll want to ask them, them being the title company or your closer, for copies of those documents. Some title companies will hyperlink them, which is cool. You can just click on it. It'll take you right to the document. If you're in a county or city that's not that technologically advanced, you can just ask for those documents. Just say, can I see all of the documents referenced in Schedule B or the exceptions portion? And then you're going to want to actually go through and read those. This is where the survey can come in handy. If you get a, a title commitment and it has 18 easements listed, or it has um, what's called a right-of-way deed or something like that, your surveyor can take that Schedule B and those documents and he can actually locate, he or she can locate those easements or those right-of-ways on the ground and then show you where they are on your survey. Otherwise you're kind of reading, you're trying to figure out if it says um, Joe down the road has a 20 foot wide access easement across your property. You may not know exactly where that is. You might have to plot it and try to figure that out. If it's um, like an access easement, for example, or a roadway, it could be a pipeline easement, could be an electric line easement, lots of different types of easements. Um, But those are, that would be my second thing to look out for is just read those documents, get copies of them, look through them. The title company, they are doing their best to make sure that when you close and they issue insurance, that title is as clean and clear as it can be so that they wanna avoid any claim in the future. But they're not guaranteeing that you won't have a claim and they're not guaranteeing that they went through and read all of those documents and disclosed everything to you. Again, it's just like insurance on your house or your car. You want to know what's in your policy and you wanna get the right coverages and have everything you want, but you may have a claim that isn't covered at some point down the road. And it's the same with title. So you want the goal is that you won't ever have to make a claim because you'll figure some things out and get them cleared up and get title fixed before you ever close. But don't don't close on a title commitment not having looked at the actual documents that are referenced in your commitment. And then the same with the survey. If you get it back and you have questions, you wanna make sure your title commitment in your survey they go hand in hand, and that your surveyor has actually reviewed your title commitment, and that he or she has included those documents that need to be included on the survey. And that way, you you know where it's at it's on the ground. Um, your survey can actually be part of your title insurance if you tell the title company that you want um, the survey to be reviewed and approved, and you want <clears throat> to excuse me, you want to amend your title policy to have um, the enhanced coverage for the survey so then the title company and the surveyor will kind of work together to make sure that you don't have any encroachments or if you do those you know those get disclosed and dealt with if somebody's built over your property line or there's an improvement on your property that's built onto an easement or over a setback or something like that Figure all that out ahead of time, just so you know what you're getting into. But don't rely on the fact that you have title insurance, thinking that you can just make a claim later and it'll be covered, because it may not. Claims get denied as frequently as they get dealt with, so in my experience.
0: Hmm. Is this something that our attorney would have us ask for, or us as buyers would need to be mindful of and make sure that we ask for?
1: Your attorney should, I mean, if if they know what they're doing when when they get the title commitment, but it, it depends. Some attorneys, you may call them and say, hey, can you help me with this contract? And they might draft a contract for you and then it gets signed and it gets sent off and then they don't ever, they may not get notice when the title commitment gets issued or they may not get a copy of it in time. Most contracts have some deadlines, so it might say once you get your title commitment and your survey, you have so many days to review those and make any objections. So you might only have five days or 10 days, that's negotiable, but there's there's usually a deadline of how much time you have. And it's based on when you received your title commitment, when you received your survey, if you got a survey, when you received those exception documents, that's when your time starts running. So if you want your attorney to review those things, just make sure that they are either copied on all the correspondence with the title company or you get it to them as soon as you receive it so that they have a chance to review it with you, kind of go through it and point out any issues. And then if you need to object, you'll actually usually need to send written notice to the seller that says, we object to these certain things and we want you to, you know, fix them remove them, whatever the case is. But if you, um, if you don't object in time, at least the a lot of the Texas standard um, contracts, it'll say that the buyer has been waived the right to object to those items, and you have to just go ahead and close and deal with it later. <laughs> so <laughs> your attorney should review it, but just to make sure that they're in the loop, because sometimes because of those deadlines, you know, if they're not getting everything that you're getting or that your realtor's getting, they may not have the opportunity to advise you on potential items to object to or try to to fix before
0: closing. Makes sense. It's funny that you're mentioning that, because I would assume yeah. that everyone loops in their attorney for these things, but uh, clearly not.
1: <laughs> not. Yeah, not always.
0: <laughs> we will continue this interview in the next episode. Mindy's contact info will be under show notes. And I would love to thank one of our latest reviewers. Truly educational. Exactly what I was looking for. Steph does a fantastic job at allowing listeners to learn with her. She takes the investing concepts, explains them in simple ways, but most importantly, applies them to her real-life experiences. Thanks, Steph, for your work and teaching style. I am learning a lot from you jeff schnur thank you so much jeff i really appreciate your thoughtful review and i will see you guys next time